Yo, 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 it's God's Will back again with another episode. We're on episode 104, and I brought one of my longtime friends, Lee Henry. Uh, we've known each other since middle school, right? Like, I guess it's like, wow, almost 20 years that we've known each other, huh? Yeah, uh, sixth grade, if I recall correctly. And I do want to uh, give a big shout out to uh, the editor of uh, God's Will's podcast here for, I'm assuming, editing in the Snake Eater theme, which I requested be played as my kind of walk-up song. <laughs> I'll see what we can do. You know, usually like we, you know what? I haven't had an ass like that, but I'll do it. Fuck you. Why not? <laughs> All right. I'll pay for it. It's right. 99 cents, I hope. But, Although you now know, that we have the remake coming, maybe it's actually a premium. You know, I hope, you know, so I don't really have a lot of hopes for that, honestly. Like, I do, like, I, I even put in my wish list last night. Like, I was like, yeah, this could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, like, Konami, like, it just, it's such a bummer these days, you know? And Yeah, it's it's tricky. And, the, I mean, it's weird, as primarily, I'd say, like, film is my, you know, big medium and movies and remakes reboots it's just i'm real sick of it it's like starting to really upset me yeah um, so but on the game side you know it's a great way to play things we were either too young to play or too, too young to actually understand when yeah. we played, which is definitely the case i'm assuming for metal gear solid 3 oh absolutely i mean i think because also the only way you can play it right now is still just on ps3 do they have yeah. an online I'm, I'm trying to think i'm like yeah but I don't have a PS3. There's no yeah, way. Like, yeah. I think you can stream it on your PS4, PS5. Like you have to have like one of those accounts, you know, PS now, I think. Um, but mm. you know, no one has that. So I don't know. Like, I, but yeah, I mean, for me, I'm even trying to, one of my goals this year is to try to 100% all of the games, at least. So like I, I did for Milgar solid two, uh, did for <laughs> five and peacemaker. And then right now I'm trying to go for three and four. So Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, but I'm excited. I'm excited for like the new generation now to enjoy, especially like just as you said. I think like we were too young to enjoy it back in 2000s when it came mm-hmm. out. Now uh, is a perfect time. Perfect time, like about like AI and technology. I can get into this Metal Gear shit all day, honestly. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say. But <laughs> but but you said you said that you're tired of remakes, like in in movies and and theater. I guess right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Tell me, tell me what you're thinking. Well, it's a combo, right? Um, I'm a lifelong comic book reader, specifically a Marvel yes. Comics reader. Having said that, I feel like we've done it. I feel like a- after Endgame, ever since then, there's been a couple of, like, like Shang-Chi was an incredible movie worth watching. Uh, but, you know, really, I feel like we're in a pretty steep decline, and we've seen just how devastating it is to the studio filmmaking industry. I mean, you're always going to have talented people get together to make great work. Uh, fun fact, this past year's Academy Awards, the Best Picture winner, Everything Everywhere All at Once, mm-hmm. is uh, it was a Studio A24, which is, you know, the like the heavy hitter among the small hitters. Yeah. And, uh, it is, is it small. I guess like now that one like sort of boosted it up to like a bigger hitter, right? Well, it's it's so tricky because like box office doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in, you know, 2005 ish when iTunes was officially a thing and and, you know, uh, artists had to be like, all right, well. We're never going to make money from selling music again. We just have to tour all the time. Uh-huh. And we're having to make that pivot with like streaming. But the cool thing about, I think, the one good thing in all of this is that we've had some really incredible art come out of the the uh, move away from looking to studios to put out good stuff. And while mm-hmm. I think that is training uh, audience habits very negatively, i.e., 
I will see three movies a year, right? I will yeah. take my kids to a to a cartoon movie. That's reductive, but I don't care. I, I will go to one of the Marvel movies, the one that I like that has the guy that my wife likes or the girl that I like, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, also heteronormative coming from a gay dude, whatever. Continue. <laughs> oh. uh, and then the whatever capital A, capital M action movie that Tom Cruise is starring in. And, <laughs> and I think that's really bad. Yeah. That's a good point, honestly. Like it's, although, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Yeah, people like are seeing less movies. Although, I guess it feels sort of the same to me. Like, were people like in the back of the day going like to more uh, experimental movies, right? Like, um, I don't know. Yeah, it, you know, the cult hit is uh, it's kind of a misleading term because cult hit implies that it eventually made money. That's not really mm. anything. Um, they almost always tanked and even really good movies tank all the time like you know that again the the academy awards kind of stuff is my forte and it's so yeah i weird. definitely want to ask you a ton about that oh sure. yeah absolutely um but ampus the academy of motion picture arts and sciences uh they are the oscars run on abc which is owned by disney like 70 percent of all media production in the united states by the way uh and they have an incredible pressure put on them to nominate Disney's movies and obviously Disney is increasing the likelihood of that by buying everything in sight but there was a thing a few years ago after I think it was the year after Moonlight won Best Picture which you know incredible choice that was great then and I, I definitely want to talk about time. that situation because I think about that all the time I do too it's it's like a it, it's a very good so I watch Kill Bill when I'm feeling really down and I don't feel like I can do anything <laughs> and it's but it just gives me this like you know you can you can come back from the worst thing possible and still you know stomp on necks until you get to get to where you need to be <laughs> I, but, there we go that's a good yeah. one right there I, like. I don't know it's it's weird but i just i guess it's because i like uh kung fu movies but you know it just always always really? spot. Actually, i didn't know that about you oh like, yeah since i'm learning new things yeah like that's pretty cool like uh because i mean for me i always think with kill bill I, I think about kill bill quite a bit you know like moving your big toe to getting everything that you you want right like the revenge and uh, you know going going from vegetable to bam and like just off of sheer willpower like I, I think about that especially like these days i feel like everybody is like out of it everybody's mm -hmm. tired everybody <laughs> i feel bad for everybody I, I feel like the world whole world has a fog going on with it yeah you know? yeah oh yeah and i i think that one for me i was talking to somebody about this the other day um i bet it's true for any kind of nerd and i obviously i use the word nerd to just mean very passionate about a specific thing yeah uh, and for film nerds especially guys there's there's a real cycle right of like 16 to 20 you're getting into movies and so it has to be ultra violent has to be super dark it has to be super gritty yeah. and then you get a little older and you're like well no it just has to be art house it has to be about something important or made by someone important or you know really stodgy and feeling like you're taking your medicine and about four or five years ago, I started to realize like, no, that's really just an immature way of looking at things, right? The whole point is uh, Roger Ebert had this great line of, um, he'd given a four-star review to Dumb and Dumber when it came out, which was his, his you know, A-plus equivalent. Four out of five, right? Yeah. No, no, four out of four. Out four. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Okay. And um, yeah, and he, uh, and people were like giving him flack for it. And he said, look, it is not Dumb and Dumber's job to be, and he named whatever heavy drama came out that year. Um, it is dumb and dumber's job to tell the story that dumb and dumber is trying to tell and it fulfilled that function perfectly and then he also like really to rub it in their face did like a serious deconstruction of the scene where they trick that kid into um they sell him a dead parakeet and he's blind and so, he's, <laughs> so, so he does this great like like it's it's like he's writing about you know the bicycle thieves or umbrellas of Cherbourg, but he's writing about a 
Dumb and Dumber. And it was just, I love that guy. And he he was not afraid to do a fuck you when and, anyone put their nose too high in the air. Because that's, and that's important. About. Yeah, I feel like so many people are like, if it's not like the most highfalutin thing of all time, you know, and if, if it's just constantly not the most highfalutin thing of all time, it's not good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's a bummer because there's so many things in between. Um, like, what was the movie I just saw on a plane? Um, I just saw... Um, I also, that's where I see most of my movies because I don't have anywhere else to go. I did. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, it's okay. I, I know. I'm making, also, uh, for the audience, I'm making the face that I assume Christopher Nolan makes when he sees people watch his movies on phones on the subway. I've gotten in trouble for that. I watched uh, Gravity on a plane. I watched. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. I watched. <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, what was what was the um, Pocahontas movie? Um, the New World. No, not Pocahontas, but like oh, the blue people. Um, oh, it is Avatar. Pokemon. There we go. I think you mean Fern Gully. There uh, we go. Fern I, Gully I Three, also known as Avatar Two. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I'm actually you're talking about Avatar One. Uh, oh yeah, I watched it on a phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm bad at this. Like I, I'm trying. I want to go see Oppenheimer in 70 millimeters. So I'm gonna make uh, yeah, proud. It, I would. I would highly recommend the biggest, loudest option possible for Oppenheimer. Um, and you know, it's it is not for me to say this and that, right? I do think that like, it is a medium that's designed to be seen in public. It is a medium that is both, both in terms of the projection and like the distribution of it. You want a big, big screen so you can absorb all of this information a lot more easily than in, you know, just even just a TV at home. And then it's, it's an art form that is not like television. There's not commercial breaks. And so to me, and I hope this doesn't come off as gatekeeper, gate but you know, whatever. Um, it is not a great way to watch a movie, especially one you haven't seen before, to be pausing every five minutes to go to the bathroom or to be on your phone the whole time. And that is, yeah. I'm saying that because I, you know, will p- miss a movie I love. I'll be missing half of it because I'm texting or, you know. Yeah. I try to show my mom everything everywhere all at once, uh, like a month ago. Uh, but she was on a phone call half the time. <laughs> she was like, just keep going, just keep going. I'm like, oh, no. I was really scared to show my mom. Like, I I don't think oh. she could have handled I feel like, thank God she missed, like, some of those scenes, like the dildo scene. But. <laughs> Good, nice. Nice wordplay there. You know, but at the same time, I'm just sad that she missed the whole movie. I was like, no, it is about. But also, I think, like, the sort of dimensional thing, like, sort of went over her head anyways. And maybe I should have warmed her up with, like, more, I guess. I don't know what type of movies, you know, movies about dimensional types, I guess. I don't know. But I agree with you. Although. Yeah, I guess usually, like, I like to be, like, in a spot where, like, I don't have anywhere to be and, like, I can focus on this movie. Although, like, I keep getting distracted. Like, I'm trying to multitask. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing such a bad job. But I'm trying to make people proud by watching more movies. I watched Florida Project, like, two nights ago. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've been told a year ago to go watch that. And I finally made it happen. Although that that movie sort of bothered me because it's just, like, I just, it's so hard for me to see people make bad decisions constantly over and over again. <laughs> and it's just like ah but you're young and dumb what can i say yeah yeah i uh, i've been wor- at this job i'm in now i'm you know i'm working with people who are hey i mean we're 31 <laughs> hey. like they're significantly younger than us and oh it's yeah like like i had a oh i actually it was last september i went to see the the chicks formerly known as the dixie chicks in uh red rocks in um they changed their Colorado. name also, yeah they did a couple wow. years ago yeah i guess they don't want to be confederate adjacent i guess yeah and you know as a as a lover of of like language in terms of just like writing and sonics and stuff um 
the the name the chicks is a very bad name for a band and the name the dixie chicks sound it's a, got a great sound to it the word sounds good was, but like it's just it's we're in a we're in a time when that would just distract people and it's yeah. a shame because their whole thing was is against that right well and and also just like they did a country pop album but like the songs are incredibly deep and potent but they just sound like cotton candy and you know they kept doing stuff like that but i was there and you know i i uh, got to have this incredible experience um we can cut this out if this isn't supposed to be included. I did mushrooms for the first time. Hey. <laughs> and I was with two of our high school wow. uh, classmates that I will tell you after, so I don't out them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and that's, I mean, for me, it's cool as long as it's cool with you. Like, I could take it out if you want. But um, how was it? Oh, it was great. It yeah. was the first time in my life that I'd actually been to a show where I knew every word of every song. Wow. And it was just a really I'm great fan. experience. That's interesting. Oh, yes. It's, I mean, it's. I have a lot of... Uh, I guess grew up with Texana. it, right? Yeah, my, yeah, they're all from West Texas, which is where my family hills from, and it's a place uh, full of people who used to live in a world where you know your actions were everything. And I think it is a place that has really been reversed, where you really have to be virtue signaling in the conservative direction. You know, uh, uh-huh. but uh, the reason I bring it up is because um, I was telling people at work at lunch, you know, the the week after I got back or something about how great uh-huh. it was. And I said, and, you know, they made some jokes about kind of how they were the first musicians to really get canceled in the modern age. And, and so this young person who works with me, she's like 24. She said, Oh, well, what happened? And I told the whole story, which spark notes version is they were performing in London the week after we invaded Iraq illegally and under oh. false pretenses, by uh-huh. the way. Yeah. And, uh, She's all, all they said, Natalie Maines, the lead singer said, well, we, we know it's a weird time to be probably seeing some Americans perform. I just want you to know that we're ashamed the president's from Texas, referring <laughs> to, to good old W. Uh-huh. And it got so bad that, um, you know, they, there's a documentary about it called Shut wow. Up and Sing. And, you know, they had death threats. They complete, it completely killed their careers. Dang. And they scraped together all the money that they had, basically. And they recorded one last album and they won seven Grammys, including album of the year wow. a couple of years later, which was great. But I said all that and the girl just goes, that's all they did. And I was like, yeah, she's right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like, yeah, you're not wrong. You're like, wow. I thought we were more sensitive now than then, but maybe you're right. It's a moving target, you know? Yeah. That's a true point. Wow. I mean, shit, man, you want to get into some politics? Like, fuck it. I'll I'll get into it. Like, cause for me, uh, I guess my biggest thing is like, I'm wondering like, what do conservatives want? You know, like what, what, what are they trying to like help? Like I, I will, I'd be fine with them if they were like, Oh, we want to focus on this, you know, let's focus on our homeless veterans. Dope. Let's go do that. You know, mm-hmm. go focus like on something that's positive. Right. You would think that they'd be like about the, the nature, you know, just, we all want to be, you know, back to primordial man or whatever, I guess, you know, yeah, they don't want to protect it. Cave man uh, and cave woman, not you know, cave man and cave man. <laughs> is that, you know, it's like, I was even just thinking like, um, because I try to read the Bible like daily, like trying to keep some semblance of being good. <laughs> um, and, you know, like I'm mad because like they stuck, they stick so much against like L- anti LGP, LGBT, butta, butta, you know, mm-hmm. All right, right. But it's like the Bible didn't even say anything really that much about it. You know, it's like they're talking about, you know, the whole thing about Sodom and Gomorrah is like, hey, these people in the city are trying to, to gang, gang grape, you know, like, like visitors, you know, mm-hmm. like versus, anything else but we're stuck like on like this little thing it, it, i guess it makes me mad because like these people call themselves christian i'll just like trying to use their evidence against them right yeah i i'm trying to see like what is it that we can work on what is it that you know like get these people out of this cult mindset of just we just got to go against whatever you say the other party says right 
Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm just so disappointed that it's like what is it that's like even like beneficial that they're like looking for? And like, it sort of bumps me out that like, it's becoming more of a worldwide thing. Like hearing Nazis come back. Yeah. Uh, are we screwed Lee? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer both your questions and it'll take a bit, but I, I do have Feel an free. answer to that. Okay. Uh, uh, so I don't think that the people who say these things and make these decisions are necessarily in malicious. Well, no, 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 they are. I oh. don't think that Mitch McConnell cares oh, yeah. about abortion. I don't think he cares about unborn ah, I don't think Ted Cruz cares about the threat to marriage. Certainly yeah. not, because he let, true fact, look it up, Donald Trump called his wife uglier than a dog on national TV and in social media, and he still sucked his dick on national TV <laughs> just because, yeah. And I mean, look what happened. It's So it goes back to Nixon. Um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. independent of the the Watergate stuff, I'm sure you've. And we're getting into conspiracy theory territory, guys. It's going to be crunchy. It's going to be great. <laughs> this, um, is what, this is what I live for on this podcast. So you know, he came up with this idea of the Southern strategy, which was LBJ. One of the ma- he's my favorite president, but I will admit this: one of the main reasons he had for fighting so hard for the Equal Rights Amendment was because he knew that if he got it passed, then black voters would vote democrat and i mean in fairness right. that's what you're gonna do right yes, you know like because for me i'm like everyone like it says you have to be like altruistic and i'm just like no one's altruistic you know it's like it's like look if you do a good thing for like a reason cool mm-hmm. like everyone's like you didn't do it because you love black people well yeah, whatever you, you know i'm win. just like whatever y'all anyways yeah. <laughs> um, so so all that to say like it, it, Nixon's response to that two or four years later after he was in office was this thing called the Southern Southern Strategy and the TLDR on it is uh, if we can convince the both the overt and covert racists across America that Democrat equals black and then we tie in all these other causes, that's a huge voting block. And then you combine that with uh, you know, the mass incarceration of black Americans for super tiny drug crimes. And what does that mean? Right. You're convicted of a felony. You can't you vote can't again. Vote. Mm. And you're a kid selling crack to feed your fucking family and you can't vote for the rest of your life. Uh, but you can still serve in the military or be drafted if they chose to draft, by the way. But all that to say, like, I think that the people who are. God, this is tricky because I, I do not think the Illuminati is a real thing. But I think the military industrial complex is a real thing. And mm. I do think that we live in a society where the incredibly rich people are not the loud ones. They're the ones that we don't know about. And mm. they're the ones that not pick the president, any of that stuff. But they do have an agenda and they do it in very wa- various ways. And the best recent example is there's a really good limited series that came out a few months ago on Amazon Prime. It's a documentary called Shiny Happy People. And it's about the Duggar family, which were those Ooh. like 20 kid reality show Christian people. Mm-hmm. But it really is about the movement that they belong to. And if you they're, they're all based in Arkansas and the core tenet of the movement is this thing called the umbrella of authority. So the, the father runs the house. The wife is his right hand woman and is not able to question him. And every female child lives under that umbrella until they get married and are passed to another man who believes in the same thing. What does that mean? Well, you're getting homeschooled, so you don't even have the capacity to understand that you don't know all of these things or that you're learning completely false things. You don't have these skills to break away, even if you do somehow realize it. You don't know how to get a job. You don't know how money works. You literally don't know how currency works. Um, 
all this stuff. And, and it, it combines perfectly with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is really just, she's, she is killing the game as far as being a monstrous, yeah, you know, Republican leader right now as the governor of Arkansas. She repealed two over a century old child labor laws. So now it is legal for 12 year olds to, with parental permission, work and uh, at night shifts in slaughterhouses. And it is legal for kids who are already working a job in school to petition uh, to work a second job while they're in school. And by that, I mean K-12. I don't mean college. So what does all that say, right? It says you have built a system. And what I think is interesting about this example, right, is that this is Arkansas. And, and specifically with this stuff we're talking about, we're only talking about whites manipulating whites and all this stuff. And the reason I bring it up is because uh, if you if you deliberately allow your um, state to be last in education, then it suddenly does not become important to people who aren't getting education to get it mm. or to not even know that it's a real thing, or they think they can get it at home, but really what they're getting is brainwashing. And then you also have a society that doesn't believe in contraception and that has uh, a thing rooted in the Bible. Um, they call it the quiverful idea, but it was a line. Um, I think God said to Abraham about uh, let Israel's quiver be uh, full to bursting, something like that. And basically, it's the idea of you got to have as many kids as you can, as often as you can, because then you have a state, right? So what does this mean? You have a replicating workforce that is completely unable to question anything that you do. And now you can have them working for you for pennies on the dollar at 12 years old. And then you you add everything else into that. And so the the answer to the first question is, these people are not true believers. They are working for someone or really working for themselves and they just don't care about the consequences of their actions. Like the reason you demonize abortion is because it's an easy thing to point to. It's an easy boogeyman. Same thing with LGBT people, specifically trans people, right? There's not been a single documented case in the history of the United States of a trans person attacking a child in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. But it's a perfect boogeyman for some fucking moron shit kicker in East Texas who you know, doesn't even necessarily watch Fox News because their TV probably didn't work. But it's like, well, I've never seen that before and I don't like it. And then mm. one person of theirs, one friend of theirs who does watch TV is like, oh, well, yeah, you know that they go around and do this. And like, oh, well, yeah, we're we're never going to allow that. And then uh, I think in immigrants, I mean, we're seeing the same thing right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, fun fact, it horribly hurts me what Abbott's doing about like uh, uh, like migrants, migrants and uh, immigrants and refugees. It just yeah. like the spiked. Um, what is it? The barbed wire um, things in the wire. Like that's just so horrible. Yeah. And the the Houston Chronicle, which by the way, support your local newspaper. You don't have to read it, but buy a subscription. It's worth it. We need journalism. But uh, they, you know, did they were the ones who broke that story, and they had the videos of people pushing these migrants with children on their backs back into the wire, and. Greg Abbott sued them not to take the story down, but just to take the video down, because he knows that if you show that to enough well-meaning, um, you know, suburb kind of not really conservative, just house white housewives who don't really think about this stuff. If you show them that image enough, they will break. Um, same thing with the uh, grab them by the pussy video. If the Dems had actually worked a lot harder with that, I think, and really just run it every hour on the hour, every station in America, I think that even with all of the polite word mishigas on both sides it it would have gone a different way and it bums it would me out yeah it bums me out how weak um democrats are like i i can't stop thinking about super tuesday like the moment i feel like everyone just stopped caring about politics again you know yeah every four years because and this is a thing i'm very much complicit in right i'm a white dude i'm doing okay yeah i'm gay but like 
I I live in Austin, so and even if I lived in Dallas, still it'd be fine in to an extent. Yeah. Um, but like, so it's easy for me to forget it in between. But the most important and impactful election on everyday life in America is happening in the state legislature, mm. and it's really that's where the scary stuff like repealing child labor laws, like uh, you know, in or yeah, lowering the draft age to sixteen, which is up in a couple states right now, and they're just getting away with crazy stuff because CNN wants to cover Cardi B throwing a water bottle or a mic at somebody. I didn't really follow the story because I was so mad. Yeah, that they were only covering it. Yeah, for real. I mean, like, there's so many bullshit stories that are going on, and it's just sort of like we don't even have both sides of what happened. I mean, I heard even that Cardi B thing. She told people to you know spray her with water because it was hot. You know, we don't have the full story. Yeah, people are just stoking fears or anger at people that are easy to stoke fear and anger against. Um, uh, yeah, and yeah. honestly, like you're very right. It's like we are getting like very distracted from the issues. Like it, it, it. It really chafes me, honestly, like just thinking like how many things we need to be fixing or just like at least starting to talk about it. It's crazy to me that people are still uh, denying climate change. And it's just like, don't you feel this? Don't you not see? At least even at the very worst, you don't want to help the the earth. You know, you you don't think we can change anything. Which, by the way, is is a Christian tenet just like anything else. Yes. I'm saying. I'm like, didn't, aren't we told to like take care of the earth? You know, like. Like, hell, like, we didn't have cars until 100 years ago. Like, are you saying we can't innovate better? You know, it's like, didn't we watch Jetsons talking about flying cars and all that shit? Yeah. And you, you you just, we're just okay. We're just, oh, let's keep having the same, blah, 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 you know, big giant trucks, I guess, right? I don't know. I, I'm it's, just so I mean, disappointed. Uh, I like to, anytime I see one of those, by the way, that tears by, I love to roll down my window and just shout, your penis is so big. <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> um, yeah. But Stay it, safe it, also out there because Texas got guns. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but uh, the the big question you asked, are we screwed? Uh, the thing I find that helps with that, because specifically with the climate, I get in that headspace a lot of like, um, what is, what is the point of anything I'm doing? Because we're all going to get vaporized in the next 20 years. I certainly don't know that I want to have like a kid or whatever, like all that stuff. Um, but the way I kind of think about it is uh, this, there's, you know, this ideal of uh, dialectical thinking, which is the idea that you can hold two things as true at once. So I kind of think of it as layers of reality. And that sounds hippy dippy, but I don't think it actually is in practice. Really, you have the world we're in now where it's a dumpster fire, almost literally, actually not almost because <laughs> it was a uh, hundred and nine today at one point And wow, I want to die. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, I hope you're happy. I turned my AC off because it is so loud because it's blowing all the time. So if I pass out at any point, it's not from being <laughs> overcome with emotion. <laughs> I appreciate you. Dang. You know, yeah. like, I, I mean, yeah. if you need to turn back on, feel free. I mean, no, I've awesome. got the uh, good old overhead fan going. Hey, there we stop. go. Good, yeah, I got mine, but also I'm in California, so it's. <laughs> I, I know. Hey, I look. First off, I actually like the heat, so you won't hear me complain. And when it's cold, you will hear me bitch and moan. But well, you know, I think you won't have to worry about that for quite a while, if ever. Uh, oh man! Well, I just meant the California thing, but also yeah, okay, that. yeah, okay. I thought you meant like ice caps and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, we are screwed. But uh, but yeah, continue with the layers. Yeah, like so yeah. the world. So you have that. It's all. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Like, what does anything we do matter? But then you have this thing of if I have the values that any individual has or whatever, I have to choose to accept that and then also operate in a world where maybe the worst thing doesn't happen. And I think you have to kind of choose to apply these different layers at different times. Uh, You know, it's kind of like code switching, but 
on an individual philosophical level. It's like, what is going to be the most functional thing for me in this moment? Mm, interesting. Um, and, yeah, you, you mentioned that you're, uh, you know, reading the Bible because you want to be a good person. I'm, uh, I won't say practicing because I mainly just say it to be cool at parties. And it, it actually got, I got called on it recently and it was oh. really embarrassing. But I, <laughs> it mostly identifies a Buddhist. Here's my oh. um, Tibetan singing bowl, which, wow. uh, yeah, I've, I've done a couple of stints in various uh, facilities and things that really caused me to, in, to learn how to be introspective in a positive way. And now I just am on this kind of good humanist kick that I really love of like, it is so stupid to ever believe no matter how smart you are or that you think you are that you know everything and that everything that you believe is right. Ergo, yes. You've got to be, you've got to read, you've got to talk, you've got to listen. Um, you just got to learn. And that's yeah. really all I know, right? Like the two things I know about life are I want to learn everything that I can and I want to see as much of the planet as I can before I die. Those I are like the two that. things that I am sure about. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Yeah. I like that because, I mean, one, those are things you can control. Two, it's just sort of like, that's what I think life is, right? It's like, at least to a point you're happy, right? You can do whatever range you want, but at the same time, yeah, why not keep taking it? There's so many things that keep on changing about the world. And I, I really actually liked all this multiverse talk that we've been having, uh, you mm. know, with movies like uh, Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. Um, you know, like I, I constantly think about like, just like the different paths of life that like I could have been on, you know, like I was supposed to be a doctor. You know, yeah. I have dreads. Well, let's put quotes on that. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. Uh, at least that's what. Yeah, you're right. Actually, you're, you're very right. Like, where it's like, what am I supposed to be? Right. That's shame language, dude. Yeah, I, I guess because yeah, I think about like, uh, for sure, like my parents pushing me to do that. Right. And actually, it is something I did want to do. Like, it, like, I wasn't against it. Uh, I just watched The Nick recently. Uh, Good show. Yeah. Like uh, season one. And I really enjoyed it. I'm like, one, I'm glad that I, like, I was born here. Like, I keep thinking, like, what if I was born in 1900, you know, yeah. like, or born in Nigeria, you know, like, things would be very different. Because, um, you know, both my parents are from Nigeria. And, like, they were the only ones in their families, you know, dad's first out of eight, mom's 12 out of 13. And they're the only ones to have come here, actually, or at least first. Um, and then... I don't know, like, I, or at least I could have been a doctor, right? Like, there's so many other ways of life that I could have been on. And at least I really enjoy, like, what I'm doing right now, you know? Uh, yeah, I like, yeah. It's a long Good. time, but, um, yeah. Good. Uh, like, actually, yeah, I did want to see, like, yeah, how are you? Like, I, I was actually thinking, like, I haven't, you know, like, you do, like, I, I like everything you've been saying. Like, it sounds also very centered, you know? Like, in, yeah. like, as, just as you said, like, I think, like, that's, like sort of like the meaning of life the sort of like a humanist like do the best you can in your world mm -hmm. but then also allow for change and growth to happen too right yeah there's an incredibly destructive version of self-improvement culture right it is mm -hmm. you know i have to you know i have to be this shape so i can do these things or i have to have this level of income to do these things mm -hmm. and that's not what it really is about to me it is like my core philosophy is exactly what you were just talking about uh, I just have to make myself the best person I can be and live according to my values, which I'm still kind of figuring out, but uh, we're working on it. Right. <laughs> um, but then if I do that, then naturally I will, you know, bleed those values out and, you know, put them into my work, into my relationships, into my community and, you know, turtles all the way down. It continues, it continues, it continues. Um, it's a great idea. I don't know if it's going to happen. And I certainly don't know that I'm willing to do anything more active than that as far as improving <laughs> the world around me although that's not true because i i work in uh philanthropy now so oh. i'm uh, on the fundraising team for uh, a medical school in austin okay and um it's 
it's actually funny that you were talking about the, you know, supposed to be a doctor thing is I do a lot of our scholarship stuff. So basically connecting scholarship recipients with the people who pay for those scholarships. Oh, and it's, wow. well, it's incredibly rewarding because I always had this thing and this is so, uh, I think it's it's more common than we would think, but I would get these tensed up things of like, oh, this old fogey, he was like 80 years old and, you know, was a doctor and hasn't, you know, practiced in 20 years, is about to have a talk with this, uh, you know, black woman who's 24 and is hoping to learn about dermatology. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I was actually about to say, it's like, how does that usually go? It's un- almost, almost exclusively, they find commonalities so quickly because I think when you have to, when you are in a role or pursuing a role that takes that much to get there, right? Like it's not just the four years of med school. It's the three years of residency after where you're making pennies on the dollar. Mm. So it's a weird thing to think of like, Oh, well, as soon as a doctor gets out, you know, it's no, they are, they make no income for three years. And then they have to either join a hospital and be the bottom rung of that situation, or they have to start their own practice and like any small business, not make a profit for a year and a half. But it is so fascinating that like, anytime I've had that 10 step thing, those are the um, those are the conversations that go the best. Like it's, it is a real, uh, restorer in my faith in humanity in that it, a lot of people are capable of finding commonalities rather than differences when they're put in the right situation. I just think, uh, the right and Rupert Murdoch, who unfortunately may be, may go down as like the most brilliant businessman of the back half of the 20th century. Um, cause he just, uh, he's the Fox news guy mm-hmm. and, and yeah, just like that idea of, making some words just trigger words that shouldn't be like the idea that if you say the word black Black. in a room to describe a black person Uh white people on the left tense up because they're afraid that they're gonna say or someone else is saying the wrong thing Uh and white people on the right tense up because they're like well then i'm i'm about to get called out or whatever there's so much fragility on all sides and yes it's it is very um heartening to to see instances when that is not the case and when people can actually engage with each other that's really dope you know like i actually that's that's super cool one that you're doing that and then two uh yeah i'd also hear that because i was thinking i was like does that work out do people especially like you know also i constantly worry about like the new generation you know like i I, I worry about them, especially like over the pandemic and like the isolation and, and TikTok being like their main sort of outlet of sorts, you know, and yeah, I do see like the good things of TikTok, but also like, uh oh, like this is is this is going badly, you know, um, <clears throat> it's cringy. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, yeah, like I am happy to hear that there is like some sort of like balance, like for you know, like the generations like meeting, I think is also that's something I was thinking about, too, is like, I feel like the kids are also isolated from like the rest of us, like they don't have like old cartoons and old movies that they can watch sort of easily. You know, we had like Tom and Jerry and Flintstones. We weren't born in the 60s, but at least we had that. But 40s. Yeah, 40s. Wow, shit. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but uh, in, the, in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like, do kids today, like, even have that? Like, they have, like, a new version of Looney Tunes, but it's, like, what about, like, the old stuff? And, like, we're sort of worried about, oh, no, is the old stuff too violent? And yeah, I, I, um, I sort of feel that's a bummer. I think it, it it's, and I, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the yeah. discourse. I think there's a lot of, like, inherently disingenuous conversations about stuff like that. Mm. So I love Looney Tunes cartoons. I loved them as a kid. And uh, fun fact, they are actually all on HBO Max, or I guess Ooh. now it's just called Max. Oh, yeah. And when I say all, I mean they have done a very intelligent job of pruning out some stuff that no one needs to see anymore. Which is but, fair. Yeah. Like, I, oh, it I is. And, like, 
like as a kid, Peter Pan was one of my favorite Disney movies. And uh-huh. I watched that in like 2008, I remember, and was so horrified. Like there's this, there's a song in that that's just basically implying that the reason Native Americans are red skinned is because they're all drunk. And I was like, how is this a <laughs> thing, man? And, oh, no. But that's such a good guiding light because I think people act like, oh, they're coming for all the culture that we loved. And I do think that there is a, a real... Um, element of that actually on the progressive wing of overcorrecting but mm-hmm. i think for almost every case that i can think of it is very obvious when you see a thing that is old and you think there's no need that this like yeah um, yeah there's a, a surprising no one there's a great film example that i'll use uh when i i was not a film major i considered it but the people i was in classes with i just they all thought like oh i'm getting a film degree ergo i'm going to be steven spielberg and i'm like you're a fucking idiot like, that's not how <laughs> like and out, that's not yeah. why i was there i was just there because i love again like, i love yeah, exactly yeah. and i never wanted to be a director or a filmmaker or whatever but um we watched this movie as part of the curriculum and it was it was a class called the history of the motion picture so it makes sense that we watched uh inarguably in my opinion so i guess still semi-arguably uh this movie called birth of a nation which yes. is mm-hmm. when it comes to a technical aspect like come come for me snowflakes it is it is it is upsetting how brilliantly made it is because everything else is offensive Be- not offensive it's <laughs> way too loud. everything else is horrifying and uh-huh. disgusting and um but the professor oh and for some more context uh the the plot of the movie is an adaptation of a novel called the clansman with a k wasn't written by spike lee so i think you can guess what it's about <laughs> but uh the the core premise is basically that like in the in the post-Civil War era, when Blacks are given voting rights, uh, the uh, like the State House of Representatives or whatever in, I believe it takes place in Virginia, is immediately overrun with all these uh, ridiculously horrifying stereotypes, most of them who look exactly like uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character in Django Unchained. Oh, like, they boy. all have the snowball hair. It's awful. <laughs> um, oh, boy. So, crime against fashion, number one. But seriously. Uh, and then, you know, Over the course of the film, the Ku Klux Klan basically is created and saves the day. And it's so horrifying, but it has editing techniques that are still used like de rigueur every day by every kind of every level of filmmaker, every level of television maker. And it is if you looked at the things that were coming out around it and even just a year or two after it, it is legitimately probably 20 years ahead of its time in its technical vision. But it is one of the most offensive things I've ever seen. And the professor who taught this class... um, She's a brilliant woman. I can't remember her first name. Her last name's Frick. She does a lot of film preservation work. Um, but she she gave a great lecture and was like, look, this is going to shock and horrify you, and it should. And we're watching it for that and for this. Because you don't, you don't shy away from something that makes you uncomfortable. You don't put it under the rug. You read it. The idea that uh, you can't gain anything from you know, the adventures of Huck Finn because it uses the N-word. It was written and takes place in the 1870s. Yes. How is that a shock? I know. Or when, um, when Django Unchained, which I know there's a lot of issues there, and most of them I genuinely don't have the... Uh, it's not my conversation to have, mm-hmm. but one of the most ridiculous things was, why are they saying the N-word all the time? It's a, it's on plantations, dude! It's 1830! <laughs> You're not going to be like, oh, yeah. yes, oh, white critics. And it's just like... And there's a lot of that, and I've I've heard this from a lot of uh, black friends, both IRL and on film Twitter, who will say like it really infuriates me when a you know a white person overcorrects and tries well tries to protect you. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, I don't they, need you. Say with yeah. Tropic Thunder, you know, it's just sort of like y'all, like, un- like unless we're mad about movie. it, yeah, like unless we're mad about it, like when we're mad, listen to us, you know, and then you know rally a behind our cause, but don't don't oh, like just as you said, like you know, saying black and like oh my god, 
And yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, we didn't say that black is a bad word. Yeah. The N word's a bad word. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, there's that great community joke where um, Shirley is doing the like very passive aggressive Christmas thing for everyone. Mm. And she, she goes, uh, oh, and Annie, I didn't know you were a Jew. And she can't decide if she should switch. And she just goes, you, you can say Jewish. <laughs> and that, of course, how brilliant that that show is that that line is and the the like oppressive Christianity is coming from a black woman. Yeah. Like, oh. uh, I, I, there was like a sort of genuine, at least to me, like a sort of genuine way that we addressed race and just sort of diversity honestly it, it felt nice to me like in the 90s and 2000s and i think in the 2010s it was like ah oh, ah oh, you know it's just, and then because we're like ah oh, the whole time like even sort of now mm. like like not sort of absolutely actually absolutely right all right now like it, it, it bumps me out but i can't wait till we get that balance back where it's like it's okay y'all other groups exist and it's okay to address them you know like let's just when they say hey please don't do this thing we listen to them. Whoa, what a concept! But um, and like I was just thinking, I was like, I so um, I was actually literally thinking about this today. I love what you said about Birth of a Nation because actually I haven't seen it. I would like to see it so that way I could just be like, I here's my objective thoughts about it, and it's really cool that you even said what you said about like the movie making techniques about it. But I guess for me is like I I sort of wish that we would get to a point of like we can see bad things. And we could just be like objectively like, okay, this isn't good for this reason. And I, my emotional state, you know, maybe it might be like a way about the movie, but like, it's not like all the way permanently perturbed, I guess. Right. Like we can wrestle with hard hitting topics without constantly feeling the need to be shielded from it. Right. Um, you know, cause this shit happened. Like it is one thing if this shit like did like, even if it didn't happen. I think it's important that we sort of like wrestle with ethical values. That way we can become a better group versus like, Oh my God, that's just too shocking. I can't, ah, you know? And and then we just, we don't want to talk about it. And then it comes back. It comes Mm -hmm. back worse than before. Right. Yeah. And I think us being unwilling to, uh, I I think that the left sanitizes history too, but we usually just use that term to talk about, you know, the Confederacy or neo-Nazis or something. Um, I think that there's a lot of it. I just think recently someone asked me, what do you think is the most damaging thing that we, we, our generation will leave to our children. Mm. And I said, well, provided that the earth still exists. Um, I, I think it is cancel culture. And what I meant by that, Ben, and what I mean about it right now. So Donald Trump being caught, well, not being caught, Donald Trump sexually assaulting women and then getting in trouble for it. That's not cancel culture. That is consequences of actual, actions. Like, right, that's how criminal. it's gone since the beginning of consciousness, right? Right. That is not cancel culture. It's like, how dare you, you know, get mad at me for this thing that is a criminal act? Right. Uh, yeah. But cancel culture is real if people are not interacting with art, uh, discourse, you know, writing of any kind or whatever in a genuine way people i do think are trained by social media especially but really our culture as a whole i think has really absorbed it it's about your take it is about i want to be the first one to have a take about why barbie is offensive or why oppenheimer is offensive both of which have happened in the past two weeks which is so stupid but whatever 
Um, yeah, and like there was there was a woman. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to you know give her flack. And also, I think she already has too much traffic. Mm. Um, but she she wrote an incredibly disingenuous view or review of the movie The Whale, which mm. I think The Whale has a lot of problems, and I think people can have legitimate issues with it. But one of the things she was saying was, I just think it's so ridiculous that they couldn't cast a 600 pound actor to play that part. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this and that is so perfectly illuminative of you don't know what the fuck you're talking about in terms of just the medium you're speaking about because well, acting. first of all, no, well, yeah, well, there's acting yeah. and that's one thing, but like, yeah, but also do you really want all, like a six? Mm, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say like, it's, it's even simpler than all of Super that. Super obese uh, person. To... Well, yeah, exactly. A tiny, tiny studio like a 24 could not afford to insure a 600 pound actor. Like fun fact, when they made Iron Man two, uh, the reason that Mickey Rourke was in it is because he and Robert Downey Jr. did an Oscar roundtable together in two thousand eight. Mickey Rourke was promoting The Wrestler, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. was promoting his role in Tropic Thunder. Should have won the Oscar. Fight <laughs> me. That's um, uh-huh. kind of a joke, but I, I mean, it's also it's also a very good movie. I mean, but anyway, I, him still, I still love that movie. Like, and it's I think, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So many people who are getting mad about it because of the surface level stuff is like, y'all, please, unless we get mad about it chill out and again that's that is purely people what you know whether they be white or any other race but i can guarantee it's almost all white people just like hearing oh robert downey jr is in blackface that is not the plot of the movie if you watch Mm -hmm. the movie the joke of that is that hollywood would rather bend over backwards and tie themselves into a pretzel and pay what is it like they even make a joke about it a 30 million dollar experimental surgery (laughs) to temporarily (laughs) repigment him for his searing (laughs) portrayal of lincoln osiris great fake name yes and and the joke is that hollywood would do anything rather than cast a black lead in a movie Mm -hmm. that is the joke and robert Mm -hmm. downey jr gets it and the movie gets it and they have the brilliant uh great fake rapper name coming al pacino character alpa space chino <laughs> um, uh, who is who is there to poke holes in hollywood's like it, within the movie their you know their own back padding and stuff yeah. and i just think it's so it's a, another perfect example of like people aren't engaging with the thing before they judge it they just mm-hmm. want to be able to have a judgment or to be on the right side of what they think the judgment is mm-hmm. so yeah the whale thing is like you clearly don't even know the basics of any of this oh wait the reason i was bringing that up is that mickey Rourke was in that movie because of a, like a passing comment of would you do iron man 2 and mickey Rourke's like yeah do it then marvel's like what the fuck are you doing we can't insure that guy he's a he's a mess and there's a reason he hadn't made a movie in 20 years so robert daddy jr had to pay the insurance premiums himself wow and they still barely got it across the finish line because even though i love mickey rourke he was a wreck Um, (laughs) dang he he should have won that oscar for the wrestler he didn't and it's it it's maybe the second biggest oscars blow for me ever uh emotionally speaking was number one uh, it, it can't. It shouldn't be that shocking. But Glenn Close losing Best Actress a few years ago, which without a doubt the greatest actress to have never won an Oscar. But a lot of people assume that she has because I she's she so has. Good. Yeah, it's like exactly. never. Yeah. Wow. Um, so she did this incredible movie called The Wife. You know, it it's it's not like it's super mind boggling, but the work is there. And of course, all these people who again have not done the reading are on Twitter. Like, uh, it's just so annoying that uh, that uh, Hollywood's going to reward another like super. A super Oscar Beatty, super like scenery chewing role. And I'm like, if you knew what the fuck you were talking about, you would see that the reason she doesn't have an Oscar is because she refused to ever do that. Like if you watch Dangerous Liaisons or Fatal Attraction, she was the woman who was never interested in doing that. And uh, God love her. She's a great actress, but Meryl Streep hasn't challenged herself in a really long time. Mm. But all that to say, uh, that was one of the first years that the uh, 
Academy Awards had added a lot of young people and they just didn't watch The Wife. And so they gave it to Olivia Colman for The Favorite, who it's not a lead. She's great in it and she's a great actress. She's not the lead of that movie. It's a, a lead with two women who are both nominated in Supporting Actress. And that's, a you know, we could go all the way down. But that was just like, I wouldn't even, I didn't even say anything. I just was completely silent. I just went to my room and I shut the door. <laughs> but luckily oh. I came out, I came back out in a few minutes because that was also the night that Parasite won Best Picture. Oh, so okay, it was okay. Good, okay. Oh, yeah, no, 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 wait, that. that was the Green Book year. So I should have oh, stayed in that. Okay. Wow. Although, hey, I'll say this, Green Book, watchable movie, under two hours. Love it, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man. I love that it's under two hours. I think it's a mediocre movie. Yeah. Okay. Cause I heard most people said that it wasn't a good movie. Like in, it was like it, there's other like black focused movies that like were better then, well, yeah, that was the year Black Klansman came out, and Spike Lee yeah. famously said, "Every time they have a, a white man or a white a white man and a or a, a white person and a black person driving in a car together, I lose because <laughs> do, do the right thing lost to driving Miss Daisy, which is also oh, an incorrect position." That's hilarious. <laughs> be had a nickel every time, be two nickels, yeah. but that's a lot. Um, wow, that's yeah. funny. What has been one of your favorite years of the Oscars? Oh boy, like recently or ever? Ever. So I am in firmly in the camp. There are two years that people are, argue about are the best. One is, uh, I think it's 1976, and the best picture lineup was the original Rocky, which even though I hate sports movies, is a great movie. Um, Network, which is a fantastic movie about uh, basically broadcast news. And it was the idea of for-profit news, but in 1976. And I would recommend everyone listening to this watch that movie. It's on HBO Max. Every single thing that was said in that movie as satire has become true. Uh-oh. Assassinating people on live TV for ratings, it's happened. Uh, deliberately propping up a faux revolutionary group in order to have cutting edge programming of, you know, from the headlines of like, a, in this case, it was a, there's the funniest joke in the, the movie is one of the recurring characters is a uh, leader of kind of a Black Panther chapter. And Faye Dunaway's character, who's one of the leads of the movie, convinces her basically to say, you know, yeah, you could stay that and you're probably doing a lot of important work or you could make a name for yourself. And and so they make up together. She and this woman make up the super generic uh, like revolutionary group. It's making fun of the group that kidnapped uh, Patty Hearst. So it's something along the lines of the Symbionese Liberation Army literally means nothing. And so by the end of the movie, this woman who started as an idealist is just as greedy as everyone else in her last scene. People are just walking by and she's in a room and she's on the phone and she goes, I knew you were going to fuck me on my distribution rights. You, you think that I'll, you know, I won't shoot some cracker in the face and then I'll come back and fuck with the man who's trying to fuck with my distribution rights. And the idea that you can come full circle and I, obviously, it's more than this, but like the span of two hours uh, on an idealist like that, I think is so prescient. But anyway, it's a great movie for a million reasons. So okay. Rocky, Network, Taxi Driver, um, mm. really Scorsese's first proper like, I'm I'm here, uh, get used to it kind of thing. Uh, of course, I'm blanking on the other two, but they are also by really good people. So that's one. But then I'm in the 2007 camp, which was the best pictures were No Country for Old Men, which mm. won deservedly. Um, there will be blood. A lot of people like it. I've watched it four times. I don't get it, man. I wow. Just, yeah. I, I just, it's not for me. I fell asleep in the theater and I was a kid, but I didn't judge it for that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Michael Clayton, which is one of my all time favorite movies. I post a lot of memes about it. I, my um, cover photo on Facebook was for a long time. One of those like yard signs of in this house, we believe science is real. Yada, yada, yada. But it's in this house, we believe the, the film, Michael Clayton, the 2007 film, Michael Clayton directed by Tony Gilroy is an underrated cinematic masterpiece that deserves uh, further appreciation in the Western canon. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Wow. Which, okay. well, that's just a, a me thing to do, but it's I'm accurate. Googling that right now. Yeah. And then atonement, which is a really good, uh, 
period piece about uh, well, it's kind of the Dunkirk era, but it's not just about the Dunkirk invasion. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Juno, which is a really good comedy. Uh, there are things you could have swapped in there instead, but that was the first time that I was seeing movie after movie in over the course of a year, and. I wasn't just thinking that was good. I was thinking, why was that good? And I remember I went back and I saw No Country for Old Men over and over and over again. And it wasn't just because there's a lot of great gun fights. There are. But it's just because I was like, what is it that they're doing that is making me so interested in this? And uh-huh. it, it took me a long time to uh, you know, build up my film grammar. But that was really the year that it shifted. And the fact that that year is held up so well... Um, I think really speaks to that. I, all five of those movies, listeners, are absolutely worth uh, checking okay. out. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got me interested. I just started uh, putting a list together. I'm like, I gotta check this Anytime, all out. Anytime, dude. Yeah, like, I mean, definitely. You put me on like a lot of good comics, a lot of good movies, for sure. You still reading comics? Yes, although I had to stop buying them because I kept buying them and not reading them. Uh-oh. But I got a new <laughs> iPad on um, hey. uh, Prime Day. I got one of the old ones, so like, it's it, it's chugging along, but all I needed to do is be a book, so that's fine. That's true. Because I, uh, I gave up on the physical thing, because one, it's not good for the environment. Two, yeah, I don't no care room. about the objects, so I don't want to sell them. Like, ah, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to collect them. Uh, and yeah, there's just no room. Yeah. Um, so it, it sucks to not support you know a local comic store, but it also sucks to not have a crap ton of crap around yeah, my... Right. I, honestly, like, I already crap filled house. For real. But yes. And uh, the X-Men, my, you know, my, my babies, had a really rough time during the period when Disney had not yet acquired Fox mm. and they did this whole thing where they basically tried to kill off all the mutants in comics and turn the inhumans into a stand in for the mutants and oh. nobody bought the comics. And so they were like, we're sorry. You know that, that South Park BP episode. We're sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but since then they, they have this, they had this really cool sci-fi run that is finally ending, but it's very high concept. Uh, they live on an Island now and, it's like a, not mutant superiority, but mutant independence. So it's a mutant state, and uh, it's just very dramatic. It's like Game of Thrones, plus a lot of weird sci-fi, plus a lot of weird like future corporatist kind of stuff. Like, what does a corporation look like? Not in our terrible world, but like if we weren't all garbage monsters, what does uh-huh. business look like the in the ideal. 21st century? Or, or uh-huh. when one power, like Wakanda in um, both the comics and in Black Panther... Um, like when one country is so far beyond everyone else and it's 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 really good it's worth checking out okay. also the first time storm has had any good writing since the late 1980s and she's my favorite comic book character so wow yeah. also favorite po- that's pretty dope okay and then also we have been talking about you getting into anime how's that yeah. been happening well you know it, it really uh it started because i wanted stuff to watch like while i ate dinner for 30 minutes that wasn't a sitcom i'd seen a billion times before like you know i know every word to every episode of 30 rock and seinfeld uh-huh. i should probably try to yeah. broaden it a bit <laughs> I was um, say, also like you have co- you have comfort shows huh like oh we all do i'm well i love a pop culture comfort food i unfortunately i don't think i like rewatch shows right now i feel like i'm always just like sort of like eating like new consuming like new titles because i'm always behind like i don't feel like i i have enough time in a way to re-enjoy like an older thing yeah well that's uh that's actually a big thing i tried to tried really hard a few years ago to stop doing which is the whole you haven't seen x yeah no one's born seeing anything i know like like, like, shut up like the the much more helpful way to phrase that is oh i think you would really like it thank you thank you because like i mean people do that to me all the time and i get it i'm like 
Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, look, I Fuck want him. to. I'm trying so hard. That's why I watch movies on airplanes, <laughs> you know. Uh, but and that's also why, like, I'm trying just to like consume as much as possible, you know. And people like, for example, One Piece is my favorite. I've always bring, I always talk about it for sure. But I cannot fault anyone for not wanting to start One Piece because it's a thousand plus episodes. I don't blame you. You know who? That sounds so daunting to say you haven't seen One Piece. <laughs> you know, that's not going to get anyone to want to watch it. How have you not sat down and watched 900 episodes of something? <laughs> What's wrong with you? How we, very dare you? You should definitely watch One Piece, though. I tried. We'll talk about it later. Yes, um, for sure. <laughs> I didn't dislike it. I was just like, this isn't as compelling to me as the other stuff I'm I'm rotating between. But the anime thing, first it was uh, just like trying to find something with cool action scenes. Because I uh-huh. like action stuff and martial arts stuff and stuff with superpowers. And there's just not a lot out there in you know the physical people medias yeah and uh, people I like that yeah and and anime can scratch that itch and so then i started doing dragon ball z kai about a month ago and i was like this is okay it was really interesting to see you know i think people do some some people do this consciously others do it unconsciously but we all do it when you are entering adolescence right you were like None of us know what's going on, but I don't know that. I only know that I don't know what's going on. So I have to construct a version of myself that I feel comfortable bringing to middle school every day uh, and all that stuff. And I just was realizing while I was watching Dragon Ball Z how much uh, Vegeta, Prince of Saiyans, King of the Planet Vegeta, uh, like I incorporated into kind of the armor that I built for myself. It is really shocking. <laughs> then again, I, you know, like, I, well, no, it's not the best thing to build your persona around, but at the same well, time... I, I like the. I think that shows a lot of issues. One of my big pet peeves in any kind of media that it is very guilty of is the whole like, oh well, we've completely changed the system in which this operates. So yeah, you were gonna lose under the rules of the previous system, but because you you know your hair changed colors, now you're breaking out of that and, yeah. and you start it all over again. But I yeah. do like that the characters, while they're very simple, they have flaws, and I love Vegeta's complete inability to like admit that he is not the best right yes. and like that's the classic moment in both the cell and majin Buu sagas where it's like it is so it is much more important to me that i be the one to beat this than that this evil be Actually destroyed to beat the feet yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so i got through frieza which has has always been my favorite um and then i was like yeah i may come back to this we'll see and then i got to yu yu Hakusho, which uh, as you will remember was a he i was a huge fan of it i didn't have cable so i had my grandma who did have cable tape all of the episodes she could wow. on Toonami for me and then i would <laughs> so just nice. binge them at her early binging wow um, but it first of all it, it also it, speaking with the like vegeta as part of my kind of suit of armor thing i think yusuke you're a yusuke. and i we, we, should, no, we just share so much in that we know the things that we're good at and we know that we'll figure it out so i don't do a lot of strategizing i just jump in and i'm like <laughs> Okay, I just got. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And also, he he like me has the inability to see something happening and not say something about it. (laughs) Which I I like that. Honestly, I I love. First of all, I love Yusuke's dialogue throughout the whole thing. It's so funny, dude. That show is so funny. So funny. Like I actually I got in trouble quoting a few things, but uh, (laughs) that's that's a whole other conversation. But uh, but yes, no, I love that. And also, I think we need more, a little bit more Yusuke's. Although. I like that. Like he he can adapt on the fly, like in a battle. Like you yeah, know, he has like such a like a high intelligence in that sense. Yeah. Um, like I'm watching Bleach right. You know, I'm watching Bleach, reading Bleach actually too. Like I'm on chapter four 
60. Um, and I'm mad at Ichigo because he doesn't ask any questions. Like he doesn't strategize, but he's not asking any questions or doing anything different. He's just, I just got to yell louder and just go hard, more hard into the department. It's because we watched too much Dragon Ball Z as a kid. He learned from the wrong people. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think that's, that's, that's sort of well said. Cause yeah, Goku and Vegeta, although luckily like they have like at least more battle sense in my opinion, but. But, yeah, um, I, I know people overall seem to like Bleach, and they I've seen it re- recommended by a lot of websites as, like, if you want kind of the classic shonen experience of an anime, it is the it is a good one because it's not too long, yeah. but it is long enough that everybody gets a long thing. But having watched, I guess, last year, the first season of Jujutsu Kaisen, I'm Ooh. like, nah, you can find it elsewhere because that's yeah. a good show. Yeah, and that's got all of it. That's got all of it. I, like, honestly, like, shows today, people only want to be like, the classics are great. And I'm like... No, like I it's, current stuff is amazing right now. Like I think there's just so many different genres of stuff. There are there are great examples of genres of stuff right now that you can really enjoy. Uh, like I just enjoyed Oshinoko, which was um about idols, you know, like pop stars and idols oh, uh, yeah. getting into the industry. Like it shows you like how the industry works, and then like it, like but through the narration and like through like the action of what's happening. Um, there's Bochi the Rock, which is about anxiety crippling anxiety but like sort of powering through it to become uh to do what you want to do you know like yeah to, yeah like I, I loved it like things that i think were sort of outside of like my comfort zone but i'm really enjoying it prison school i think is one of the funniest <laughs> yeah that's a great oh, name I, I don't know what that means but uh, it's great. oh man i i want you to check it out okay <laughs> i love prison school it's so hilarious i wouldn't tell everyone to go watch it but i think if you can handle some adult humor this one's one of the best. Um, there's a lot of great stuff. So I'm excited for you. I I, I can't wait to hear like more things you're going to be jumping into. Oh, yeah. Man. And th- this is, this was significantly earlier than the kind of recent Renaissance I've had, but I, uh, you know, Cowboy Bebop is one of my favorite TV shows ever, not with an anime asterisk. Like if I was making my top 10 TV shows of all time, it's going to be in there. I have, I own it on Blu-ray. I own it on iTunes. Like, it's just really good and i like that it it's a reminder to me that you don't have to follow a formula everything around it right was doing 800 episodes and very specific familiar storytelling and arcs and you know i remember watching it for the first time start to finish i was, I was probably it was we were seniors in high school yeah i was like 16 17 18 something like that man and um that episode where they accidentally trip balls on mushrooms and I'm <laughs> yes like, why is it doing this? But now I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> exactly. They were like, we don't need to have a show that's all- we don't need to have every episode be kiss, kiss, bang, bang. It yeah. could just be really crazy and funny. And as a lover as well of jazz and specifically kind of Japan's weird relationship with jazz as a genre, uh, it's something that just gets better every time I go back to it. I love uh, it. I agree. And I need to do it makes me think I like I need to do a uh, I used to do cowboy bebop parties. I need to bring that back. So like just like you put party. an episode on and then no you, like we would do a jazz a party based off of like the franchise of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. So I'd go to that. Yeah, yeah. So hey, maybe Austin, I need to bring that like around because to hear your appreciation of it is like okay, great. This is great. Yeah, man. Like, dude. Like, I'm excited to hear about your journey and like also I definitely need to be asking you about a lot more movies. I'm glad you told me about the whale because I was going to start that on the on the airplane. Um, it's it's worth watching. Just be be prepared. It's tough, but it's like. It asks a lot of you, and I promise this is worth hearing, it asks a lot of you in the first 20 minutes, and I think the reason so many people hate, quote-unquote, hated it is because you have a choice in that moment to embrace that, uh, not even uncertainty, that, like, 
uh, that horror. It is a horrifying opening 20 minutes very deliberately, not to gross you out, but to say, look, you're either going to be in this guy's house and life with him or you're not. And if you don't, like if you don't pass the test and that, sorry, that's evaluative and I shouldn't be. If you can't make that kind of bond or that step to be like, okay, I'm just going to embrace this and really just be like, this is, I'm not seeing this as something gross that is happening in front of me. I am seeing what it, this person's daily life is like. Uh-huh. If you can make that leap, you will have a really good emotional experience. And when Brendan Fraser took that Oscar away from that fucking uh, gay sex porn doll looking <laughs> Elvis loser who still talks like Elvis because he's only done CW shows. Um, uh, that was so, that made me so happy. And wow. that guy's such a nice guy. And yeah. you should rewatch The Mummy if you have I, it. I All of you, it's on Hulu. It's great. Holds I up think, real well. You know, I'm glad he's getting like his shine again. Like I, I was actually wondering like what happened to him, but then just he, he got obese, man, yeah. man. Well, he actually, this is sad. Uh, so serious trigger warning for some sexual assault stuff. Uh, he was, you know, pretty violently and assertively groped by an incredibly drunk member of, uh, I think it was the Hollywood Foreign Press Association oh. who used to vote on the Golden Globes and they're the fake organization that, you know, is famous for taking bribes and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, he reported it, nobody believed him and he got really depressed and he lost his career and he, he, uh, and this is his words, you know, he really had a destructive relationship with food. And I think not to give too much away, but I think the movie, the whale is not about obesity. I think it's about, uh, self-harm through mm. the, you know, through the medium of, uh, well, self-destruction, self-harm, whatever yeah. word you want to use. But um, anyway, so he, you know, got really out of shape, and then he just had enough people who, because he had never, you know, said a rude thing to anyone in his life. When he kind of started putting feelers back out there, it didn't take him long to get jobs, and they weren't great stuff. You know, he's in the um, Doom Patrol TV show. Like, oh. he's just out there doing the work, and uh, basically, people were like, "Hey, we're just so happy to see this guy that we loved, and who was to me, Brendan Fraser." 90s movies they are all pure joy that yeah. is what they are it's a warm hug right blast from the past george of the jungle mummy mummy returns all that like it is he's just and it's to see that kindness you know have a really horrific road and it, it paired perfectly well with um kiwi kwan from uh everything oh, everywhere yeah, yeah. who also had an incredible start and then a horrific interlude and mm. um yeah, pretty I was wondering what happened to him. Like, I mean, I'm really happy to, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. My favorite character for sure. Oh but, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, yeah, but dang, like, but I am really happy. Actually, I'm glad you bring that up. Like, that, yeah, shit. I think always like, you know, what could happen, but you know, I guess to keep on going through it, right? Like, yeah, it's it's it is not. It, I am not saying it is a choice in that being depressed is a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not. If I could choose it, I sure wouldn't be. I'd mm-hmm. love to not be on antidepressants or whatever, you know, <sighs> but like, uh, but at a certain point, and the movie is about this, and a, weirdly, I'm thinking about a lot of my favorite movies, including Gravity, which you so slandered by watching on a phone. Sorry. Uh, fun, <laughs> fun fact, that is the movie I've seen most in theaters. I saw it four times, all wow. of them in IMAX. I spent like over a hundred bucks. Wow. And, and uh, oh God, I promise this is this is related to this. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that was cool about Yu Yu Hakusho is I had this moment with that, and then with an album I hadn't listened to in a long time of like, you know, the things that make an impact on you they're worth revisiting because you're not the same person when you saw it, and you've learned a lot, and you view things differently. Um, and it's not like Yu Yu Hakusho I'm saying is on the same level as like whatever. But although it, you can it, enjoy it more, I think the more life you go through, I, oh, yeah, I would yeah. never have appreciated how funny it was. As a kid. Yeah. But yeah. I made this list of like every film I could think of and I cut it off at about 2019. 
uh, of like every movie, every album, every book uh, that I can think of in it. And I gave myself a time limit. I wasn't like scanning everything because I will do that. I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a total of 15 things. And I'm just slowly kind of reengaging with them. But Gravity is one of those where... Um, to me, the film is completely metaphorical. People are like, oh, well, it's so it's inherently stupid because uh, th- uh, the satellites and the space station wouldn't be in the same orbit. Shut the fuck up. It's a movie. Yeah, like, no, right. just go, like, why are you here if this right. is what you think? <laughs> I, saw to, it, college, I saw it right? with two people who were brilliant uh, science students at UT at the time. Uh-huh. And, you know, they watched this this really crazy exciting action movie and you know towards the end like she she has to hold her breath a long time to get out of that pod in the water and all that and i swear i was like so what do you think and one of them goes she would never have been able to hold her breath that long <laughs> and i said dude she ping-ponged her her uh escape pod that didn't have engines anymore off of a solar panel into another like what are you talking about yeah, right. that's the thing that bothers you i know disbelief like suspend your disbelief for a second right yeah like- but there's but there's this moment in uh, in Gravity where um, basically it's like it's one thing too many because the whole point of that movie is uh, it's like a very horrific version of the little old lady who swallowed a fly. Like, OK, so this thing hits. So she's out of the space station because her line got tethered. She's got to get in the space station. Space station's on fire. Got to get out of the space station. Uh, escape pod doesn't work. Got to get to another escape pod. Escape pod works. Gets stranded in the middle. Like, and, and so on and so forth. And it's just, and at this point, at one point, she just quits, right? She turns off the pod and she's like, I just can't do this anymore. And there's this thing you haven't known about her this whole time. And, and it is a bit of a, you know, hanging a lantern and putting a big star by it moment uh, where you understand what happened to her that is, that she's really been thinking about this whole time. And for me, that's the reason you read the movie metaphorically. It's not about this. It's about a woman recovering from the worst thing that can happen to you. It's not rape. I don't want to imply that. Um, uh, and uh, and it's an, again, it's not a, a thing to choose not to be sad about it. It's a thing to choose to go on anyway. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I'd never struggled with depression up at that point. It came out in 2014. We were 22. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never struggled with depression. I've never struggled with grief. I'd never struggled with... Um, a lot of the stuff that you know we have because we're humans and that's what happens right yeah and uh i am really scared to go back to it because i don't think i have i've owned it on blu-ray since it came out on blu-ray but i don't think i've watched it Mm. like start to finish since i saw it last in theaters one of the four times um but i'm like excited too because if it taught me so much you know just with retrospect yeah what what have i not seen what have i forgotten how can i um you know continue to connect with that wow and it's yeah so it's been a really fun exercise i would encourage everyone to like think about trying it don't it doesn't have to be highfalutin like i didn't pick 16 books who has the fucking time i picked two novels (laughs) (laughs) for real like no one reads these days because i mean there's just so much going on right yeah, and but, with with TV shows, I just tried to pick a few episodes because, again, I'm not going to yeah, do whole that. Series. I love, Mad, I love Mad Men. I've done it through twice. I don't need to do it. Yeah, I, at this moment in my life, I don't need to do it again. Yeah. I would like to finish Mad Men. I stopped. I think like season three or four. Oh, yeah. Man. I, actually, season three is a very understandable place to start because, like, the front half of it's really rough, but the yeah. back half of it is when it first starts to get crazy. Mm. Like that's where the famous lawnmower incident at the Christmas party happens. Uh, Maybe I stopped at season three. Uh oh. So uh, yeah, I need to okay. uh, okay. No, no. I'm, well, like if you, I'm saying, you probably didn't get to that point because of the boring first half. But mm-hmm. the second half is when it really comes alive as a show, and and they start to have episodes that are just comedy episodes, and they start to pair characters together in weird ways. Um, Mad Men, I think, is a great example of what you were talking about with One Piece, where it took me three runs at Mad Men 
to get into it. The first mm. I watched the first season through the year it came out, and I was like, I hate this. It's boring. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and a big part of that was a lot of straight dudes around me being like, Don Draper's awesome. And I'm like, are we watching the same show? And eventually <laughs> I realized, okay, no, they're just wrong. Yeah. I, I am reading this correctly. They are wrong. He is yeah. an he's awful person. Awesome. And yeah. Exactly. And that's yeah. the point of the show. Although I think um, he's, a, he's a marketing genius, but yeah, still. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, but, it, but it is, it is kind of that anime thing of yeah. like, he always comes up with the most perfect speech at the last minute. And it's like, give me a yeah. <laughs> Why honestly is like, Oh, Superman saved the day again. Right. Ooh. Also, you watching a new Superman? There's a new Superman. Yeah, there's like an anime Superman. Really? Yeah. What's it on? It's on Max. I will watch it because yeah. I used to hate Superman because I thought it was boring, and yeah. it turns out he's just a good person, and I was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like him. So yeah. I, like apparently this show is supposed to be like the thing that's bringing everyone back to Superman. You know, Superman love again. So yay. Um, man, but no, really well said. Like it's making me think. Like, what do I want to rewatch? I did during the pandemic. I did rewatch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I'm really glad I did that. Like. I saw it back when it came out in 2009, you know, seeing it 2021, 2020, like, I think that, like, really helped me out again and be like, oh, yeah, all this, you know, war and genocide and deeper topics about military states, you know, like, that's, that's yeah. important. Yeah, things yeah. I missed out, like, cool. and, oh, cool, and, alchemy, and whatever. like, church versus science versus church-sanctioned science and all that stuff, like, it's got a lot of interesting yeah. stuff in the mix. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah. Also, I didn't, yeah, yeah, you did Brotherhood, that's tight. Yeah, I have two goddaughters. They're 14 and 15, and they have made me a massive list. In fact, uh, I started watching Haikyuu recently because hey. I wanted... It was like Yu Yu show I was too involved in, but it, I had the exact same experience with this cartoon about kids playing volleyball yeah. that like, uh, I had with Friday Night Lights, where my brother, who... We, we couldn't be more different people, but he has great taste generally, and he knows... that He's like... He would keep saying... I promise you, it's not what you think. You should watch Friday Night Lights. And I'm like, it's about Texas high school football. I notoriously hated Texas high school football when I was in high <laughs> school in Texas. It, right. It's incredible. It is one of the best shows ever made mm, because wow. it's not about that. It is the only time that I've seen small town life depicted in a non-condescending way. And not only that, but in a really compelling way. And it, it suffered a lot from the writer's strike. And it suffered a lot from getting scrapped and then bought a couple of years later by a tiny network that no one watched. Um but it has a hell of a finish. Uh, my favorite marriage, I think, on TV ever is that Tammy and uh, Coach Taylor. Um, they're great. Okay, okay. Uh, Kyle Chandler. It's the only time you you'll see him not play a uh, government official or secret agent of some kind. So <laughs> worth it for that alone. Okay. Uh, dang. I mean, there's so many things that like I, I'm you gonna see, it never to... ends, and that's why you can't beat yourself up, and that's why you shouldn't beat other people up for real. Because, exactly. Like yeah. there's just so much content. I don't know how people can be bored these days. Because there's just so much to enjoy, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, definitely, I'm I'm always like drowning in stuff to like consume. Like I'm trying to read manga, trying to play games, trying to watch anime, trying to watch shows, trying to watch movies. Right? Um, shit. Like I'm like I want to ask you a list of things to watch, but I'm also like I'm like, uh, do I need or do I need to watch more things? Or I mean, I definitely want to watch more things. I, yeah, I don't, and yeah. and I was gonna say I will. We will do it after this. I'll happily make you a list, but I'll make it manageable. And I think the key, if you do that for someone, is you got to give them, you know, a log line of what it is. Like my goddaughter's list. When I was looking through stuff, it said haiku, and then it just said volleyball question mark next to it, which I guess <laughs> I wrote. But I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think you got to do that. And then you also, 
in me in this case would sh- would and should not be able to take it personally if like you haven't gotten to something yet like shut up everyone we all have a finite amount of time on this earth right that's the one thing we can all agree on mm-hmm. whether the earth blows up or we just expire because we're human beings like yep. it is okay to say i you know what that's not what i want to do with the 24 hours i have in this day yeah yeah um but i i this is kind of one of the things i do so for books because that can get overwhelming and as a recovering english major that was my degree um, I get very ridiculous feelings of guilt of, um, you know, like, oh, these are the great books in the canon that I haven't read, and there's yeah. so many. So I kind of have a rotation of a nonfiction, interesting, like, historical thing that I want to read. Like, uh, I just finished a great book about the uh, Salem Witch Trials mm. called A Storm of Witchcraft, and it's it was really good. Okay, It has, like, because it was a trial, they have all of the transcripts. So even though it's these fucking idiots being like, it's literally like in The Crucible, like, they have lines in there where the the judge who's you know this actual authority in the land is like where do you see the bird that none of us can see little girl and she's like oh it's uh up there <laughs> like it's so <laughs> stupid oh, um, anyways that's great no. and then i will go to a uh like a more contemporary or just kind of recent uh fiction of some kind like uh-huh. i love you know detective books of any whether they're highbrow or lowbrow um i love a kindle because you can get your 99 cent mysteries and romance novels and no one can judge you because they don't know what you're reading <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I go to uh, something that is like, I'll take my medicine and I'll pick something off the list of, this is something that not only is essential, like uh, I finally read Lolita earlier mm. this year and it was so good. Um, it's not what you think it is, but it isn't. Okay. Um, it's really about like the hilarious kind of un- unrecognized impotence of the American male of like doing so many things because they feel inadequate, but not being able to recognize that they're uh, doing it because they're inadequate because uh, they don't think they're inadequate. <laughs> um, it's great. Uh, so that's books. And then for movies, I would say, you know, your favorites, you know, them. don't overthink it. Don't look at a list of the greatest movies ever made. Like frankly, now at age 31, I'm annoyed that I have so many movies in my top 20 uh, on letterbox, which is kind of the ubiquitous film Twitter thing. Um, or top four, which is the one that goes by your uh, by your name on Letterboxd. Mm. Um, like I'm annoyed that so many of them have Academy Award nominations because it's like I don't want people to think that. But it's it's really I <laughs> yeah. mean the correlation they correlate. Is really, well, but the correlation is really that I looked at lists when I was younger of movies to check uh, out based on that, right? Mm. And it's not like every movie that was nominated for Best Picture I liked. Certainly not. Yeah, this year would be sure. a great example of that. About two good ones, bunch of stinkers, and also nope. That was the best movie I saw this year that wasn't, or last year that wasn't everything everywhere all at once. Uh-huh. And it's sad because if it wasn't, uh, if that movie wasn't in the mix, then Nope would have been far and away, like not only the best film of the year, but it is one of the best films I've seen in a long time. Yeah, And I think it's it's classic of uh, the Academy to be like, okay, we're, we've we've done Jordan Peele. We don't need to do it. And it's like, you were idiots. He's leveling up, dude, right. every time. And like, we've been happy to s- over-celebrate certain people, right? It's not like, oh, we got to stop with Jordan Peele. Like, unless he's like not making like hits. Like, it'd be, it's not because they're, I think they're all incredible. And I think each one has gotten better. Yeah, I think I Get Out Although is get a, out. it's a perfect tight thing. Yeah. But the scope of us is so wild and big and that yeah. makes it great. And then Nope is, it, I think people thought it was going to be a horror movie. I thought it was going to be a horror movie, but, and I don't even like aliens, but I had the time of my life. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. And it is in such great dialogue with the history of, uh, black actors and the Hollywood Western. Ah, yeah, yeah. And like that idea of, I own, I am a black man who owns the means of production for this iconic white thing. So Mm. how does that fit together? Like, I don't know. It's, it's great. It's a great movie. That's really well said. I like that. I like that. And then one last thing, uh, before we had talked a little bit about, uh, Moonlight, 
and La La Land. Yes. yes. And um, shit, like I have to tell you my experience with Moonlight and La La Land. Please, please. Um, like right before I moved to, or actually it wasn't like right before, but like I went to go see my friend in San Diego when I was still living in Texas. And I was like, it was the weekend right before the Oscars. And I was like, oh, I think La La Land's going to win. I was thinking like, what movie should I go watch? Right. So like, I was like, it was either Moonlight or La La Land. And I went to go see La La Land and it wasn't a great experience for me. Big mistake, huge. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I hate I got, it. It's fine. It's just not for me. Yeah, you know? I was mad, honestly. Like watching it, one old man was sleeping and snoring, like in the theater, and I was like, you know, you're not wrong, old man. Uh, and then like also sort of even colored like how I thought L.A. would be. Although I was most mad. Up its own ass. <laughs> I thought. Uh, yeah, okay, so first off, one they stopped. It stops being a musical halfway through. Oh yeah. And none of the songs are longer than two minutes. I was just sort of like, isn't this supposed to be a musical? Like, I was actually ready for a musical. Uh, and then uh, I was just like, wait, it's just a bunch of white people complaining about whatever. You know, like, not even, like, really about, like, real shit. You know, like, their whole lives are being coddled. <laughs> Ryan Gosling has to go save jazz music from the guy who hired him. People, John Legend, <laughs> noted God, hater of jazz was- music, John Legend. <laughs> I was like, what? <sighs> And then I miss Moonlight, but I watch Moonlight eventually. And but like that whole situation, and then the fact of what happened during the the whole uh, debacle of it, it just bumps me out because we you know no one's talking about Moonlight. We're all talking about La La Land still, right? You 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 people were you plebs. <laughs> I <laughs> guess non, yeah, the, 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 the movie the movie people, right? <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a really interesting divide. Um, East Coast, which. The, the structure of the awards race season, uh, it's sad that it is a race, but it is. Publicity is involved, constantly doing interviews, constantly having four-year consideration events, Damn. bribing people, um, like, <laughs> just like all this stuff. But uh, the East Coast was so firmly, Moonlight is a great movie. La La Land is a fine movie. And, and the first half of the race is mainly critic societies. So that has a lot more power on the East Coast because that's where you're kind of building buzz is the mm. people who are going to vote on the first awards that come out are almost all east coast or at least midwest based um and then as soon as we get to uh what i call the beauty pageant it's the televised portion of the awards so like uh. you know there's all these bs things that come before it there's the golden globes there's the sag awards there's the baftas <laughs> which is the british oscars uh. and those are all auditions for look how great i will look if i get up on that oscar stage right uh. it's all part of the game it's all part of the thing okay. and so when we got to the beauty pageant part well it's like yeah obviously emma stone and ryan gosling are gonna sweep i like ryan gosling i think he's an incredible dramatic actor he's so boring in that movie he was almost as bored as i was like, <laughs> yes it. but uh i was watching so lo- long story short it really kind of transcended uh sexuality not race i've never met a black person who was super into la la land good on you um, <laughs> yeah but uh it it really transcended gay stuff in an interesting way because as you can imagine uh lgbt films kind of fandom is in a weird place because now we actually have direct representation yeah. and you know there's the whole conversation about only gay actors should play gay roles it's a whole it is a conversation worth having a lot of people, I think, come at it from a very stupid angle. But mm-hmm. and I just also as we just, talked earlier about like, oh, only obese people can play obese people. But yeah, and yeah. spoiler alert: I don't think that's true. I think Zachary Quinto's gay. He's a shitty actor. I don't want him <laughs> to play Harvey Milk. Like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And you but, want the best but, person to do it, right? Like, yeah, but yeah, actually, I would love to have a conversation later. But yeah, like, yeah, it's, uh, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. It's like yeah. it's a great one worth having, but it would take too long. Yeah, but this like this I, I bring I you back up. on the podcast. Like, this was a fantastic talk. But uh, continue, sorry. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say uh, this. I can wrap up in two minutes. The La La Land stuff, and you'll appreciate it. So, uh, all that to say, gays were pretty divided. I. I I don't I was over getting bitter about it at that point, but I was definitely like not friendly to people who were poo pooing Moonlight. Like you mm. can love La La Land, but you cannot say that this is not one of the best movies made in that decade, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was uh, I had a people over to watch, and I was rooming with a lesbian at the time, and her girlfriend was there, and then two of my film gays in Austin were there, and so we're watching, and you know. It, uh, Faye Dunaway opens the envelope. La La Land. So all of us, uh, I'm like cleaning up. I'm in the kitchen, and we're all just doing other things. And then uh, my roommate goes, "Uh, something's happening." And so we all come back, and uh, like uh, they said, "No, there's been a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won." And I love that moment so much because you get the white tears with it, right? You get the people who are doing the most over rewarded, over told story over and over and over, and then you get them beat by a movie that cost. 30 or no 20 million to make made 30 million because America's stupid um, and was, you know, entirely written, directed by starring black people and was also fucking great. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was just like Barry Jenkins, who's the warmest human being. You can see him in the background when they're doing the the best picture or they get up there. And also fun fact, Brad Pitt produced that movie. Um, He's a great guy. And in that respect, I know he has some issues, but like he is really elevated. (laughs) Yeah. And so in the background, you can see, while the main producer is like talking and stuff, he Barry Jenkins is basically like freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. And you can just see Brad Pitt lean over and whisper something to him. And then he just goes, and then they asked him about it later. And Barry Jenkins, there's like, Barry, what did uh, Brad Pitt whisper to you? And he said, it doesn't matter how you got here. You got here. And I love that. Wow. Dang. But, oh yeah. When, when they, they revealed that it was a joke, the, the real punchline is that the five, people in the gayest room and my that zip code of austin all went what the fuck in like perfect <laughs> unison and then it was Whoa! like we yeah. popped open more champagne like yeah. it was just such a great i don't know i just That's don't hilarious. see how you can't see that movie and and it's it's it puts you in another person's perspective that for me i could never have been further from in terms of the experiences i had had and to watch a piece of art that is not only a really compelling piece of art that will be taught as like two future directors for decades to come, but who made me understand completely the experience of someone whose experience could not have been more different from mine. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. Like, you know, I guess like still, especially, I guess like still, I guess like, you know, trying to figure out like what it means to be an ally, I guess. Right. And like trying to be like, what's my own sexuality you know, like, especially like in the black community, like where like, that's all another topic. We'll have to definitely have to talk about this. Yeah. I, I have some feelings about it and I would love to pre-talk about it before we talk about it. Cause I don't want to say something that I don't mean for sure. But I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, definitely give you like the benefit of doubt. I mean, we've been friends, you know, I definitely understand who you are, but yes, absolutely. You're, like you're unlike a lot of people our age who refuse to do that. Oh, um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the core thing there is, and I promise I'll shut up after this is just like, homophobia comes from a lot of places not just white southern evangelicals they still do it and they're fuckers and i hate them but like we as me i'm pointing to myself we as good white liberals are like it's almost like we don't treat the people we're supposed to be allies with as humans and straight people do this to me all the time like someone uh 
in in my life will text me like every Pride Month, and I'll be like, I don't care about this. Or, <laughs> Could you believe this anti blah 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 legislation? I'll be like, Yeah, yes. like, but like you know, there's obviously huge bastions of homophobia, especially for men in the Black community. Like the threat of violence is so real in terms of coming out. It's a lot higher stakes, I think, in the modern era still in Black families in uh, Islamic communities. Mm. I mean, one of the reasons that I'm like, it, it drives me nuts when liberals who again have not done the reading will be like it's just so awful the way that we talk about you know this uh muslim theocracy and i'm like you know what else is awful is that in iran you know they're still hanging gay dudes uh from cranes by the neck until dead and then they leave them there in the public square like it's 1500 wow. but we don't talk about that again because we're all supposed yeah. to be good little allies and that's not true because allies challenge each other yeah i agree with that like uh Shit, yeah, we got a lot to talk about next time. Yeah, it, it never ends. But yeah. that's, but like, that's because great. you're curious. If yes. you're not curious, you're like, wow, it's interesting. And if you're if you're curious, it's wow. Yeah, we have a lot to I talk about I, next I, time. Yeah, I mean, shoot, bro. Like this, there's a lot of things like you brought up. But honestly, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. I mean, you you. Hell, you should have a podcast. I think, like you, you, you actually really like all white dudes. I did do one in, during the pandemic, uh-huh. and I love doing it. But I didn't have a good concept, and I didn't have a partner, so I ran out of steam. But I. Love it. Love doing it. I feel you. Well, hey, Anytime. I would love for you to be on the podcast more. Like, definitely, I got to bring you back. Uh, I've been talking. I have a, a partner on here, Josh. Like, so, you know, maybe I talk to him next time. To... Is it the Josh that I know? No, different guy. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, uh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Nah. But, uh, yeah, bro, dude, this was a fantastic talk. Like, yeah, uh, we're... Anytime, dude. Yeah, definitely got to have you back because... Uh, we, I feel like we just started talking, but I mean, for sure, I'm gonna talk to you after this. But, anyways, uh, do you want to be found online? Or, or... <laughs> yeah, um, I I recently deleted some of my social media because I used to work in tech, and I just get really upset with the privacy stuff. And it's just gotten when threads came out, I was like, why am I participating in this? Yeah, I do still have what is formerly known as Twitter. And yeah, X. you can follow me there at Lee underscore H underscore Henry. Um, I mainly tweet about film stuff comic books sometimes and then just culture shit but dope dope cool well bro it was an absolute pleasure and definitely like uh i hope everyone enjoyed this episode i really did there's so much to talk about and i'd love to hear what you guys have to think about uh what was said yeah and also i got a lot of things to go check out i got michael clayton up uh at least i'm trying to figure out where you can go watch it but i'm excited i'll send Uh, you a copy it's in bargain bins all over because people are idiots uh, um yeah we missed out i didn't even know like it was i feel like i've well, always hang on you were, you were 15 when it came out and it was not a thing targeted to you and it didn't make any money you're fine okay bless okay i'm not part of costco <laughs> but yeah <laughs> part of the problem yes finally uh but dude it was an absolute pleasure and definitely gotta bring you back on everyone listening appreciate y'all stay dope everyone peace